Yeah, just have Dina write it up as a class five for the vapor. And um, other thing, make sure somebody lets Oliver know that um, the next time someone asks him if he's a god, the answer is always yes. Yeah, or he'll find himself getting energy beamed off a roof like Doctor Stevens and the guys did in New York. All right, but it's a uh, showtime. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Slime Square, the official podcast of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. As always, I am your host, Lee Money, and this week I was finally able to get a moment with our very busy president and one of our founding members, Tony Gonzalez, and he's going to talk to us about his contribution to founding the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. But Ghostheads, it doesn't end there because later on this week we're going to give you a very special bonus episode where I sit down and talk with a paranormal investigator from right here in Northeast Ohio. And we talk about the history of paranormal investigations, uh, some of the most famous paranormal investigators that have ever existed, and some of the most haunted sites in Ohio. All that and more from Slime Square this week. Before I bring Tony on to have him talk about his contributions, here's a special message from all of us in the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the Theory of Atlantis? Do you have a pretty impressive collection of spores, molds, and fungus? If the answer to all those questions is yes, and you've ever wanted to join a group of paranormal investigators that are like-minded, then just jump onto either Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and reach out to the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. Or, if you don't have any of those, you can always send us an email at northeastohiogbs at gmail.com and tell us why you want to be a Northeast Ohio Ghostbuster. We're always looking for people to join our rank, so just send us a message today and a member of our courteous and efficient staff will get back to you with how to become a member of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. Until then, remember this, we're ready to believe you. All right, so as promised, I was able to track down our very busy president, Anthony Gonzalez, and he's going to help us uh, put a, together some of the other pieces from my conversation with uh, Bobby and Mark a couple weeks ago about the foundation of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. So, uh, Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? Oh, I'm doing just about as well as I can. Same as everybody, I guess. We're all dealing with this fun situation that we're living in. Absolutely. You know, I was talking to Bobby and Mark about the foundation of our little band of misfits here, and um, they had said that you might be able to fill in some of the gaps from uh, that conversation. Uh, so um, they were a little confused on who started the conversation on GB fans. Uh, uh, maybe you can help us fill in that little gap there? Yeah, so uh, way back when, I don't know how many years ago now, seven, eight years uh I was actually at work, don't tell my ex-boss this, I was at, uh, on GB Fans, and I had noticed, you know, that there were groups, you know, within each state. They had them sectioned out by state. Um, and I went into Ohio, and I actually had seen some of the posts on there asking about groups. I saw Mark's post on there, you know, talking about being interested in doing a group thing and stuff like that, and... Uh, I had actually worked with my friend Marty Schutte at the time, and him and I were talking, you know, about, man, it would be great to start a fan group and, uh, you know, do fun events together and put on the packs and the suit and, and all that good stuff. So um, I had one on there, and I created a post, and I think Mark was the first one that saw it um, and just stating, like, hey, does anybody have interest in starting a group in Northeast Ohio? Um, just kind of stating what we wanted to do with the group 
Um, and I know he responded. I can't remember all who responded. Bobby might have been on there as well. Um, and eventually we got a couple people interested in it, and we decided to meet at BW3s, if memory serves correct. Um, they're in Middleburg Heights. Um, and that was the, the first meeting of the minds to start the group there. So very Metallica in kind of the way that this whole thing started. Um, if you don't know the story about the foundation of Metallica, James and Lars were kind of responding to the same two posts in a heavy metal magazine back in 81. And finally, they're just like, well, we seem to be the only two guys that are commenting to this post, so let's get together and kind of see what uh, we can uh, run here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for sure. Okay, so um, when did you guys decide um, after that BW3 meeting that you really just wanted to become a group and, um, you know, name the group and kind of just like the very first time that you guys were together as the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters? Well, I know the decision was immediate. I mean, we we already had it in all of our minds before we even got together. Like, we all really wanted to do it. Uh, The passion was there for it. Uh, it was funny because, you know, before we even decided to get together for this group meeting, you know, Marty and I were just sitting there talking like, I wonder if people actually do this. We really had no idea about the community that's out there and how big it really is. Um, so when we started to see that, yeah, there's franchises out there and, you know, they're doing good things with their group. And, you know, that was really what inspired us to try to go forward with it. Um, and I know when we got to the meeting, like, I want to say there was probably at least 10 of us there. Um, and we, we were all just super giddy about it. You know, like a bunch of nerds that just been handed a new toy on Christmas or something, you know. <laughs> we, were all, yeah, we were all really excited about it. And, you know, we were just talking about the possibilities. And um, I don't know if those other guys mentioned, but, you know, in the beginning, it, you know, for us, it was just strictly like, hey, this is about our fandom. Uh, we want to get together and do events together that are just fun and, you know, just get out there and, again, put on our flight suits and proton packs and have a good time together. Um, you know, the state of the group now where, you know, we do charity and we do good for others using our fandom, um, that was something that was evolved into over over a couple years. Um, and, I, you know, I'm I'm super happy that it's it's gone in that direction and, and to see what we started turn into something that, can be used good, you know, for good for other people is just, you know, something I'm proud of. And I'm proud of all the people that have been involved in the group that have contributed to that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, as far as the first event, I can't remember off the top of my head what our first event was. I just know within that first year, we did a lot of events that were just, you know, we did, uh, I know we did like a haunted trail thing where we all showed up you know, as a group to, um, trying to think is, I can't think off the top of my head. I mean, that feels like it was forever ago. Uh, I would have to go back through my pictures and stuff like that to remember. But I know in the beginning, like I said, it was just about us getting together and having fun. It wasn't really taken too seriously. We didn't have business cards. We didn't have a banner. We, we just had us, us and our, our gear. Um, and it was basically wherever there was an opportunity for us to go and enjoy ourselves, we did it. I'm pretty sure that we did do the uh, the Ukrainian village or the Polish village trick-or-treat our first year. So that, that I do remember. I think that was in our first year that we did that one. Okay. And that's become a staple of our group that we do every year, kind of like uh, Boo at the Zoo with uh, the Cleveland Metro Parks and... Um... Uh, several other events that have kind of become Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters staples. Um, so, um, I know Bobby and Mark didn't want to get too deep into this, but I do know that um, there were kind of some hiccups um, along the way, like when some of the changes that we now find normal were kind of coming into play. Uh, do you want to maybe dive into that a little bit or just kind of yeah, leave? sure. Sure, no problem. Um, I mean, so the big thing was when the group, so, you know, like in any group, it's it's a revolving door of members. Uh, you, have, you have new faces coming in all the time and old faces on their way out. I mean, life changes and we're all adults and it's, you know, sometimes it's difficult to keep up with the hobbies that we enjoy. I mean, I can attest to that personally. Um, 
But I know at a certain point, you know, there started to be rumblings within the group of, hey, you know, like we want to do more than more with this group than just get together and have a good time. We want to use it for, you know, charity and and for the things of that nature. And we want to become a legit nonprofit organization. And, you know, we want to start having a membership and, you know, fees and things like that. And, you know, there were some of us, you know, in the original group that were against it. Me, I was kind of in the middle on it because I definitely saw the potential and the good in going in that direction, and, you know, I liked parts of it. But I also really enjoyed the way that the group was, where it was, you know, more or less a stress-free thing that we could all do together. And there was, you know, whenever you add layers like that to a group or anything, you you know, it's going to complicate things a bit, and it's going to add layers of stress to it, and... You know, to me, it was just a matter of, is it worth it? Can the group uh, sustain that? Is it going to hurt us and and ultimately unravel the group? Uh, I wasn't certain at the time. But, you know, there was was some conflict about it. You know, it is what it is. It wasn't a major deal. You know, it kind of came and went. But ultimately, the group decided to go in that direction. And I would say it's, it's been overwhelmingly positive since then, you know. As with anything, whenever you change something drastically, you're going to have people that disagree with it, and it, it comes down to that point of a majority rule, you know, and the majority in the group felt that that was the right direction for the group, so here we are, and, you know, I think I think we're better for it as a group. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I love what we're doing with the group, and... Uh, you know, I mean, I researched, you know, there's there's now several uh, franchises in our area. I researched just about every group that's been in our area. And, you know, hands down, you know, we have, I think, the best makeup and the best um, design to our group. You know, and some other groups may have a few things that we don't have, you know, an Ecto for one. But we're working on that. We're getting we're getting Ecto 216 up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, I mean, the hiccups along the way, you know, I mean, it happens in bands, it happens in, you know, just about anything. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> tell me more about kind of like that first year as the group. Um, you know, uh, you talked about doing the Polish Village treat and greet. Um, I know they had mentioned that you guys did Murray Ridge that year. Um, what other things did you guys do as a group that first year as the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters? Well, I can tell you, aside from events, you know, we formed a bond. We formed friendships, friendships to this day that have, you know, grown stronger and some got worse and then returned. You know what I mean? That's, that's the nature of friendship sometimes. But, you know, I'm pretty much, I'd say 80% of the people that were originally there, I still know and consider friends. Uh, so that was probably one of the biggest things about when it started was I gained new friendships out of it. Um, and, and it was something that we all shared a common passion for and enjoyed doing together. And, you know, as I said, the events that we did within that first year or two, they were just purely for our enjoyment. Uh, it, was, it was a chance for us to put on our, our gear and go out and, and just have fun and nerd out with it, so to speak. Um, I... Again, like, my memory is a little hazy on exactly what type of events we did within those first few years. Like I said, I, I know we got together for dinners and, you know, like, to go to restaurants and stuff. And we would even wear, just to go to Applebee's, we would wear our flight suits. I mean, it was that ridiculous. We were trying to just find any reason to throw on our stuff. Um, a trip of scare on the straights, huh? Yeah, exactly. It was just like, we didn't care. We were going to go everywhere. But you know what? Everywhere we went, people wanted to take pictures with us and, you know, talk to us and, you know, share their excitement about the movies and what they loved about them. And, you know, it was just, it was an amazing time for us. Um, and, and I know within that time, you know, we we began to talk about like, hey, you know, let's, let's design card, business cards, and, you know, let's get marketing material. Um, I originally, like I hand drew our, our logo originally, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not the greatest artist out there. I'll be the first one to admit that. I do a decent job, but uh, we had a member come through uh, by the name of Ryan. Um, I can't remember his last name off the top of my head, but uh, his name is Ryan, and he basically revamped the logo that I originally designed, and he did a great job with it. You know, it's the logo that we use today. Um, so that was neat, and that was something, you know, original to us to have our own logo to represent ourselves. 
Um, I'm pretty sure we thought of the name within like the first two meetings. Um, it, it was something that came up very quickly, and it's you know it's not complicated. Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters pretty self-explanatory. Um, so that was, that was pretty easy to come up with. Um, let me think. I know forever we've been talking about wanting to have a car, and <laughs> I know you know Mark's Ecto. Even back then, he was you know saying how he wanted to get it up and running. It's, obviously, it's no small task, um, and and he's had matters along the way that have kept him from being able to do what he wants with it. But I know it's still a dream of his, and you know hopefully we'll get to see it ride one day with, with the logo on it and everything. Um, yeah, I mean it's still a hope of mine that the group eventually has its own car. You know, that's it's one of the most recognizable things from Ghostbusters is the car. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, and you know, you were talking about the friendships and the bond that, you know, uh, you guys were forming during that first year. And I mean, I just finished my first year in the group, and I got to tell you, I haven't had this much fun in a long time. And I mean, you and I, man, I mean, we live like three streets apart from each other and you know, you and I have formed one hell of a friendship that I wouldn't give up for anything. You know, Absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, I'm really good friends with Bobby, you know, Mark, when, when I get a chance to talk to him, you know, him and I are, are, are you know, getting close. Uh, one of my other members that was just on my other show, Matt Grenick, um, and I are pretty good friends. You know, so that friendship thing is definitely, you know, a part of this group and it's something that I definitely desire. Um, not desire. Um, appreciate. Appreciate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, Bobby and Mark actually did make it a uh, point to say, "Hey, ask Tony about the logo because he's the one that designed it." Um, so, where did the idea for like the the finger point come from? Was it basically just from that, you know, scene in Ghostbusters where they did the first commercial with the "We're ready to believe you"? Is that kind of the idea of where that came from, or? I'll be honest, there's, I mean, and it's going to be a boring story, there, there was no great inspiration behind the design. I, you know, for me, it was always going to be an Ohio symbol um, as the no-ghost part of it. Um, but the other part, the actual design of it, I literally went through Google Images and I was looking at ideas of other custom things that people had done out there, and I saw one that was similar. It wasn't exactly the same, but it was similar in that it had the you know, the ghost pointing forward, and I thought, I like that. It's, it's It just reaches out of you. I, I, I really like that design, so I kind of incorporated that into what I was doing there. And then, the, you know, having the hand come around the other side of the state, I thought was a, a cool touch, too. Yeah. So, now that's it. I mean, there was, like I said, not very a very exciting story, but mm. I was just sitting there one day with a pencil and paper, and I was just like, you know, I want to try to come up with a neat idea, something, you know, to have a group, you have to have a symbol. You have to, you know, obviously the the traditional no ghost logo is the symbol, but you know, for our group, I wanted to have something that you know you could identify us as. Right. You know? Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, and it's something that I think a lot of other franchises around the country and around the world have done as well. I mean, I you know get requests to trade patches all the time from all different. Um, franchises and I'm, I'm starting my own little you know collection of patches speaking of patch collections um, anybody that's seen um, the behind closed doors Ghostbusters that was on reels or even uh, uh, cleaning up the town or a lot of the other uh, documentaries that are out there about Ghostbusters um, in Ivan Reitman's office at Ghost Corps headquarters at Sony Pictures there is a wall of patches how did you feel when you saw the patch that you designed on that wall for the first time? I mean, I, I'm just proud for our group. I mean, it just it shows how far we've come as a group, you know, that we're to have our, you know, made logo up there at their headquarters. It's just, you know, that's a proud moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that, that's for all of us, not just me. You know, I, I designed the original logo, but again, like I said, you know, we had a member that touched it up, and we've had members that have done different takes on that logo. I mean, we've done so many different things at this point. You know, it's it's really a group win, you know. But, yeah. 
He's great. And shout out to Craig Worrell, who designed uh, the new logo for Slime Square. It's basically our Ohio logo with uh, slime dripping down it. But it's it's really cool. I love it. And thank you, uh, Craig, for allowing me to use that for this show. Um, speaking of Ghost Core, um, how did that all come about? And um, when was the decision made that you guys wanted to become an official Ghost Core-sponsored franchise? Well, I will say, and this goes a little bit into my backstory as well, which I'll kind of go over here. Uh, so the first couple years, I was very involved in the group. Um, but as you know, and, and a lot of the members, other members in the group know, you know, I'm a, I'm a busy guy. You know, I, I'm a musician. I'm in bands. I have a family. You know, I, I do a lot, you know, and it's a lot of it's probably my fault. I put a lot of stuff on my plate, and, you know, that is what it is, but it, at a certain point in the group, I, I took a major step back. I never left the group, obviously, but, um, you know, Bobby, when he once he became president, and he, he's been, you know, the guy that's pretty much kept it afloat all these years since it started, um, you know, I, I just kind of uh, took a step back and let him do his thing, and, you know, I would participate when I could and try to be involved in, in decisions and stuff when I could. You know, I was around for the meeting over the nonprofit organization, paperwork, and things of that nature. Uh, the Ghost Corps part of it, I wasn't so much involved with, though I know that took place around the time that the, the reboot movie came out. Um, and I know that was something that was being discussed at that time that, you know, they want, you know, Bobby and the group wanted to submit for us to be a part of that. Um, I think my my involvement of, in that was just saying, yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> I, I didn't, I wasn't there for the behind the scenes of who was sending the, you know, the paperwork in to get get that done, and you know, so they would have been able to, uh, you know, give me more info on that than I could. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. So I mean, you know, and that was part of the reason why I decided to join the group was because you guys are Ghost Core sponsored. Um, and that's a huge deal, you know. I mean, for Sony Pictures to sit there and, and reach out to all of us and say, hey, we still exist because of you guys. And this is our yeah. way of giving back to you, the fandom. Movies aside, um, that this is a that movie is a different conversation for a different podcast, but we will mm -hmm. be doing that, I can promise that. Um mm -hmm. So did did you guys decide to go nonprofit because of Ghost Corp, or was it before Ghost Corp, after Ghost Corp? Like how did how did the uh, nonprofit and working with a special wish uh, come into play? Well, it was definitely before Ghost Corp. It, it was its own thing um, at that time, and that was when we were deciding as a group that we wanted to get into charity. Um, and it, it was a pretty simple decision because we knew being a charity that we were going to be handling money and taking in money on behalf of Ghostbusters. And, you know, with the legalities involved in that, we didn't want to take any chances of, you know, getting sued or having copyright infringements, you know, sent our way. So we just felt that that was the best decision to make it official that we were nonprofit and any money that, you know, we were receiving for these charities, you know, our you know, mainly Special Wish, but there were a couple others um, at one point. But, you know, that's what we wanted to do with it, and we wanted it to be official and legit. So and that was pretty much the basis for all of it. And Bobby and Mark pretty much answered this question, I think, better than anybody could. Um, but why a Special Wish? Was it just because it's it's local, or was it were there other things kind of involved with choosing a Special Wish? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely they would have more information on that than I would. Um, I, I just know that it was brought up at a certain point and, and put forth as, you know, this this is the best option that we have and where we feel like we could have the most impact. That was always what my understanding of it was, is that this is where we could have the most impact, and I don't think anybody was in disagreement with that. Um. All right, so, you know, you've been here since the beginning. This group has <laughs> obviously grown leaps and bounds and done things that I don't think, you know, even, you know, you, Mark and Bobby could have ever imagined this group doing. I know my first year with the group, like two weeks, I think after it officially came out that I was an official member of the group and everything, um, you guys had posted your year in review. And part of that was sharing a post from a special wish 
where mm-hmm. us, along with uh, Nordonia City Schools, were able to send a family to Disney World and Universal Studios after, you know, probably the most tragic thing that can happen, and that's have your house burned down, you know, so right. soon before Christmas. Um, obviously, every Christmas present they had lost. One of those was actually tickets to Disney. Um, and with, you know, the money that we raised and plus with, you know, sponsorship also from Nordonia City Schools, we were able to expand that and also send them to Universal Studios. I, I can't tell you how great that made me feel. Absolutely. You know, so kind of when did you guys know that you guys made the right choice in going nonprofit? Um, and, you know, just seeing since then all the good that we have done and all the things that we've helped to do. Like, how, how did you guys react to all that? Was it similar to the way I felt or? I would just say we're proud, you know, we're extremely proud that I think anytime you can take something you love and use it you know, to do good for others, there's no better feeling than that, you know, because you're, you're getting the enjoyment and, you know, being able to be part of something that you're passionate about, but you're also able to help somebody else at the same time. And, and maybe they love it as much as you do. And you're, you're sharing that with them. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just being proud of it, man. You know, that, that was the biggest thing for me. And even when we were discussing becoming that as a group, what I thought, you know, would be the best thing out of it you know for us that we could feel like hey you know we love to do this but there's more to it now there's more purpose to it now you know we can still enjoy doing these things but now we're helping people you know and that's i'm always for that there's no better feeling in the world man and you know i i was a boy scout you know cub scout boy scout you know growing up and everything like that and I didn't know if I wanted to get back into scouting just with, you know, a lot of the things that have changed in scouting. And I don't have a kid of my own, you know, and I would feel, I felt that I would feel out of place, you know, being in a troop or being in a pack without having a kid of my own. You know, I didn't want to feel like um, I was there for other reasons, you know, mm-hmm. just like some kind of like ego boost of my own that I didn't need. Uh, you know, so when I found out about, you know, your our franchise but also you know the cleveland ghostbusters you know and i'm not putting those guys down or anything like that by me choosing us over them you know but just hearing about all these different franchises and hearing all the things that they were doing i'm like wow i'm a huge dork for ghostbusters and Mm -hmm. i think that maybe you know joining one of these franchises i could just use my obsession for that same feeling that I could get being back involved in scouting. And, you know, with everything going on in scouting, scouting is still a wonderful organization. And I, and I just hope that with everything currently going on in the state of Boy Scouts, that, you know, parents still think of it as a, as a positive thing for their kids to do. It, it, it helped me become the man I am today, and I will forever respect scouting for that. And that's Absolutely. actually why I love doing what I do now. Um, and I kind of told my backstory with Ghostbusters, how I got into it and everything like that. So um, I did that at the beginning with them, but I kind of wanted to get like a lot of this stuff out of the way before we reached into you know your background. Um, so mm-hmm. why don't you kind of tell me how you fell in love with everybody's favorite paranormal franchise and um, you know why you decided you wanted to start this, you know, put those messages out on... on GB fans to start the group. Yeah, so I mean, I was a kid of the 80s, you know, I was born in 82, uh, two years before the original movie released. I didn't get to see the first movie in theaters, you know, because I was two years old. Um, But I know as a kid, you know, my parents owned the VHS tape of the original movie, and I watched it over and over and over again. I mean, I I just loved the movie, you know, I was always begging for them to buy me, you know, the Kenner toys. Every time we were at the store and you know i'm sure i was an insanely nagging little child when it came to that stuff because i i just wanted all of them and you know there were so many ghostbuster toys back then it was it was almost impossible to have them all unless you were a rich kid and i wasn't (laughs) so i got the consorted there buddy (laughs) (laughs) i only got the ones that i wanted the most and the other ones i just had to you know 
go to my friend's house to see your play with or whatever. And um, but yeah, I mean, I just I just love the movie. I love the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Anything Ghostbusters, I was just majorly into it. And I mean, I dressed up as a Ghostbuster for Halloween. You know, and and it wasn't just me. Even some of my friends who today aren't, you know, maybe as passionate as I am, but still have fond memories of the movies because we all grew up in that era, and it was such a huge thing, you know. And I remember when the second movie came out, I I saw the trailer at like my aunt and uncle's house in Minnesota on a on a CRT box TV. I just remember seeing the foot of the Statue of Liberty coming down and smashing the police cruiser on TV, and, um, you know, at that time, I didn't know it was the Statue of Liberty, so I'm thinking, you know, what what's this giant creature going to be in this one? What's going to replace the Stay Pump? You know, but I just, that, it was such a great time, and um, I remember going to see it, the second movie in the theater, and just being wide-eyed and, you know, full of excitement, and, you know, then when it came out on VHS, and I had my parents buy it for me, and then I watched that one a ton of times, and and all the new toys that came out with the second movie, and wanted all those too. Um, but over the years, I mean, I've always, I've always went back and watched the movies. Like I can't even tell you how many times. I'm sure you couldn't either. <laughs> it's, uh, it's... I'm sure my fiance has a running tally of since we've been together, um, <laughs> which I know it's been quite a few since her and I have been together. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, more times than I can count, man. Yeah. I mean, so as far as like the collecting and stuff, you know, I didn't, I didn't really start collecting again until I want to say around the time when the group started. Um, it was, and maybe a little sh uh, shortly after when Maddie, the Maddie line came out, and I started collecting all the figures. I had the entire Maddie line at one point, um, and unfortunately, due to financial issues, at one point I ended up selling that collection, which I still regret to this day, but. You know, life happens, and sometimes you just have to do it, you know? And, uh, but yeah, I mean, leading up to the group, I mean, I I can't honestly say I ever thought about actually getting a group together until right around the time when, you know, I was on GB Fans, and I saw, you know, they had this forum with every different state on there, and there were groups in there discussing, you know, and, and I looked at Ohio, and there wasn't, there wasn't too much going on in there, and I'm like... Hmm, I wonder like why there isn't more going on in Ohio. I know Columbus had a group, but they were a couple hours away from me, so you know that didn't make sense for me. And um, yeah, I didn't really see much going on in Northeast Ohio, so you know I was like, hey, why not? You know, there, maybe there's a couple other people out there that would love to do something like this. I had no idea at that time that it it would be what it is today. Um, you know, and I'm. I'm extremely proud that it has become that, you know, just, I didn't, honestly had no idea that the group was going to last this long, that, you know, so many good things would come from it, you know, that we would have continual interest and, and more and more new members showing up and wanting to be a part of it. It's just, it's, it's exceeded what I could have ever expected of it. Well, we are staring down the barrel of our eight year anniversary. This year marks eight years since this group started. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm loving everything that you know, we attempted to do this year. And unfortunately, with the current state of the world, you know, we get shut down just like everybody else does, guys. You know, if there's no events for us to do, we can't do it. Um, yeah. You know, and we obviously have our own health to think of. Uh, you know, Tony's got kids. You know, quite a few of our members have kids. And, you know, we have to think about our family safety just as much as we have to think about your family safety so that's why we kind of shut down this year too um so uh, you know i talked about you know my favorite ghostbusters moments with mark and bobby what are some of your favorite moments from the movies uh real ghostbusters extreme ghostbusters uh the video game um you know just some some of the things that that you always remember from all of this stuff that we have um, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people from the first movie, the Stay Puft scene was just very iconic for me. I mean, I remember the first time watching that movie and seeing Stay Puft walking down the street. I was just like, wow. Like, I, you know, for that time, that, you know, having those kind of effects mm -hmm. and, you know, 
and the proton streams and all. It, it was just, I was completely geeked out over it. Yeah, um, Stay Puft and Slimer are the only two reoccurring characters in any form of Ghostbusters that there's been. Yep, yep, and they always will be, I'm sure. Um, I think with the cartoon, probably uh, Citizen Ghost or the Boogeyman episodes were probably my favorite ones. I didn't actually get too much into Extreme Ghostbusters. I kind of missed out on that series, but it's always something that I've wanted to go back and revisit. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure I will. I saw, like, maybe two or three episodes of it, but I didn't get into it as much as I did the real Ghostbusters. That was kind of my thing. I really loved that series. Um, the second movie for me, you know, the, I love the courthouse scene. Mm. And I, it, to me, it was just unique because it's like the only time you ever see the guys wearing the packs without their flight suits. Yeah. You know, they got the, they got their business suits on and their packs, and it's just everything about that scene is just to me was great. Um, and I, I love the effects of the Scalari brothers. It just you could see the improvement over the first movie just in, the, in those ghosts and the effects of the the proton streams and everything. It was just you could tell that there was just more, you know, more effects going on. It was great. Mm-hmm. So well, for, yeah. Well, for anybody out there and for Tony as well um, that may not have seen Extreme Ghostbusters, every episode is available to stream on Hulu. So if you have Hulu or if you bundled it with your Disney Plus subscription, just type in Extreme Ghostbusters and all 26 episodes are there. And in the final two episodes, there's um, four very special appearances. Hmm. Okay. I didn't know it was such a short series, only 26 episodes, huh? Yeah, it only lasted one season, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, I never even, I never owned any of the merchandise or anything from that series. I think it was, you know what year that that came out? 96. Okay. So, yeah, I was a little, I wasn't as much into it in that phase. So, I did, yeah, it just kind of went under the radar for me until, you know, recently when I got back into it over the last decade. And, but, yeah, I, I will eventually get around to watching that series in full. So, um... You talked about being a collector and having to give up some of your collection because of um, a really personal event in your life, and we're not going to get into that here. Um, but, uh, you know, if you could go back and get one item from your collection that you might have lost um, for a fairly reasonable price, what would it be? Um... Could it be two things? Because they sure. kind of go together. Uh, probably the Matty Elite uh, 1 to 18 scale Ectos hmm. that I had. Uh, they were just, they were amazing. Um, very articulated, and um, they were the steel, you know, they were, it was just very high quality. I loved how they looked. They just had a shine to them, and that those, I think, were the nicest that I ever owned. And I think today, I know the, the Ecto 1A, generally goes for like seven or eight hundred dollars and the and the one i think is it's up there too it's like five or six hundred dollars but you know when i bought them back then i want to say they were like around 100 and 150 or something like that yeah i was gonna Uh, say the price tag was kind of steep on those bad boys even back then so it was but they were they were worth it man i mean that i just i loved having those It, it hurt so bad when i was boxing those up to sell on them you know, I knew I was going to get a good amount for them, but it, it wasn't enough in my heart, you know, to want to sell them. But I just kind of didn't have a choice at that time, you know. Um, okay, so with all the new stuff that um, Hasbro is putting out, um, what were you most excited to see come out? And what do you hope comes from the future of this collaboration with Hasbro and Ghostbusters? Oh, it's easily the Kenner Classics. I mean, the, you know, the pure nostalgia of seeing those in their brand new packaging again and having them displayed in my home, I mean, that that's my childhood, mm-hmm. you know, you can't beat that. Yeah, they have, they have a lot of really cool new stuff coming out, and I want all of that, and I've been collecting most of the new stuff, but uh, to just have those classic figures in there with those original cards and everything, and, you know, I bought two sets, one to open and display, and... You know, the other ones are hanging on my wall, but yeah, by far my favorite. You and I both. And my, 
Yeah, and my my hope is that they will continue to re-release like some of the, like the fright feature lines and you know some of those other figures from that Kenner line, the classic line. They do so. have um, a version of fright features that's going to be coming out, but it looks like it's more geared Modern. towards Afterlife than it is, yeah. you know, like the original, you know, fright features that we grew up with. Yeah, it's, it looks modern, which is cool. You know, I'm excited about it, and I'll definitely collect it. Um, but I do hope they do more of, like, the original figures from, you know, back when the movies first came out. And I, I guarantee I'll be collecting all those. Oh, yeah, for so. sure. For sure. Yeah, I can't wait for a lot of this stuff to come out. And unfortunately, you know, Afterlife got uh, delayed, much like everything else did. So... I have a feeling uh, Hasbro's agreement with Sony was just like, you can put out the Plasma series, but let's hold off on some of the other stuff that's more geared toward Afterlife until the movie comes out. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of the Plasma series, what did you think of the Plasma series? And what would you have done maybe differently? Or what are you expecting to see come out of the Plasma series? And for those that may not know what the Plasma series is, the Plasma series is kind of like the adult collectible toy that Hasbro has done. They're very articulated. Um, they look f phenomenal, except for maybe a couple differences that maybe I would have done differently, but I don't design toys, so what do I know? And, um, you know, they, they, they were very sought after when they first came out. Um, there were a lot of problems with people that pre-ordered them, a lot of problems finding them in stores. Um, but Again, I know I have two sets, and I think Tony might have two sets as well. Um, I no longer, no longer do I have two sets because I ended up helping out a friend uh, that wasn't able to get his hands on a set of the figures, so I helped him out with that. Oh, okay. Uh, but what did you think about the Plasma Series line? I think they're great. I mean, as far as the figures themselves, I mean, I w there's nothing that I would change on them. Um, what I would like to see is them to continue the line. Mm -hmm. Um, and add more figures from the movies. That would be great. I know they have a, you know, a uh, Louis Tolian um, Terror Dog pack coming out, so that gives me hope that they are going to continue making them. Uh, one of the other things I would change, and that everyone who ordered knows, uh, I wish they would have handled distribution much better. Amen. Uh, you know, had I not pre-ordered, had you not pre-ordered, and other people, we we would have been in a tough spot because... It was very hard to find them in stores. Now, it does seem like the Plasma Series figures are starting to release uh, with more frequency. I've seen them in stores lately. Yes. Uh, so that's a good thing. But we didn't know that at the time when they first came out. So, you know, for us, you know, diehard fans, it was very uh, concerning that, hey, well, you know, we might not get our hands on all the figures that we want to get. And, you know, we weren't getting our pre-orders before people were able to walk into stores and pick them up off the shelves and then try to scalp them or, you know, whatever the case. So that was frustrating. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, COVID has affected a lot of things in, in, in ways that we didn't expect. So, you know, what can you do? Yeah, and I mean, there were even some problems with my pre-orders where I had to send figures back because I received them damaged. You know, the figures yeah. themselves weren't damaged, but the packaging was damaged. And... At the time, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able, even able to get my hands on that second set because, you know, as we stated, the stores were just ransacked. People running in, buying every figure off the wall. It wasn't just with the Plasma series. It was with the Kenner Classics as well. Um, it's still happening with, you know, figures that... And every figure that was supposed to come out has been delayed. You know, and that's yep. just because of, you know, the coronavirus crisis and everything like that. But, you know, I was mm. so happy when I walked into a Target, which is where they were originally at, and they had all six figures sitting there. And I'm like, here is my card. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I was able to get my hands on that second set that I wanted because I wanted to display these figures in all their beauty. Um, my one complaint is and it's it's kind of stupid but if you take a really close look at ray's face mm -hmm. he doesn't really look like uh dan Aykroyd. he looks more like paul riser from mad about you 
Yeah, I remember. I remember talking about that with you. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, and that seems to always happen with every set of figures they release. There's always one that just looks a little weird. Mm-hmm. You know, but the yeah. the Dana one or Zool, you know, whichever you want to. For us, it's Zool, but for the masses, it's still Dana Barrett. Uh, her face was a little off, too, but that seems to happen with any toy that they make a Sigourney Weaver. I don't know if it's just because her face is just that distinct that it's it's mm. that hard to get a sculpt of. Because even on some of the Alien toys that have been released, even by NECA, you know, for some reason, they always, there's always something strange about her face. And it was the same with the Diamond Select line. And, I'm, and I, Did they make a Dana toy in the Maddie line? I believe so, yeah. Okay. I believe they did. So... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it was the same thing there. I mean, it looked, you know, it looked decent, but not I don't think they've ever done a figure that looked exactly like Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So. All right. Well, um, you've said that you're very happy with what the group is now. Um, what are your hopes for the group moving forward? Well, I mean... You know, the fact that I, you know, I took over the presidency this year to give Bobby a break, you know, because of personal things going on. He's, he's had some injuries to deal with and stuff like that, so I wanted to give him a break. Well, it turns out, you know, the entire group got a break this year. Um, so, that you know, as president, I really haven't had much to do because we, you know, haven't been doing events and, you know, we're doing what we can to try to stay active in some regard. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my... What I look forward to is is us getting back to being able to do things as a group again. Mm-hmm. You know, with the new with the new movie coming out next year, you know, that that will be a major highlight for all Ghostbusters fans. Um, so I I look forward to you know us being able to you know do things based around the movie event, you know, around the movie and what when it releases, being able to do events catered to that. Um, and just to continue to expand, you know, get get new members on board, um, try to uh, participate in new events that maybe we haven't done before. Um, just expansion in general. It's, it's always good to try new things as a group, you know, see what works. Okay. Um, yeah, and, you know, and me being one of your co-vice presidents, um, along with one of our other members, uh, we always have two vice presidents just to, you know, help alleviate some of the stuff off of the president's plate um you know and we all have regular nine to fivers you know we all have other things that we do you know this mm-hmm. is solely because we want to do it this isn't you know uh, uh god we have to do ghostbusters today you know we we love doing what we do and i just wanted to really kind of just deep dive into the foundation of the group and talk to you guys that started this thing and just kind of hear you know how everything got started um okay so we did have a bunch of ideas that we had planned for this year we had a ton of ideas that we wanted to get done um and obviously you know we got knocked out uh, of any race that we had (laughs) um so you know yeah i i think moving forward i just want to see you know our collaboration that we have going because i think you and i are on the same page with a lot of things you know Mm -hmm. group wise um i do kind of want to see a lot of that stuff come to fruition and hopefully 2021 will be a little bit of a easier year on us i know some things might still be a little different um Mm -hmm. but yeah i i do think that that we can definitely you know find a way to make what we do work post-COVID. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I, I really hope to see things get back to a level of normalcy, and, uh, and that's not just for the group, but for all of us in, in all of our lives, because, you know, it's been difficult for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as the group's concerned, I, I have no doubt, you know, when, once things get back to normal, that we'll bounce back and, you know, probably be hungrier than ever to, to get, you know, involved in things and do more events and like i said with the new movie coming up that's just that's a huge huge thing for this group absolutely i mean that's what this year was supposed to be the hype around this year was the new movies coming out we're not even going to have to try to get events because there's going to be so much going on we're probably going to be overloaded and Mm -hmm. 
you know, and because of COVID, it became exactly the opposite, the slowest <laughs> year that this group has ever experienced. Yep, yep. Well, we do have a couple ideas that I'm tr still trying to hope we can make come to fruition. It's just getting, um, you know, a couple other people on board with them th to make them kind of become what I hope that they can become. Um, mm -hmm. And we've discussed them all. It's just, you know, getting other people that are just like, okay, to make those happen. Um, so... If you could say your favorite scene, favorite quote, or, you know, favorite thing from uh, any of the Ghostbusters mediums, what do you think that would be? Oh, favorite scene quote. Man, you know, you know the problem with uh, doing Ghostbusters as cosplay and being in a group? You say so many quotes all the time. <laughs> it's like, I, I couldn't honestly tell you, like, I... I mean, that you know, every time we get together, that's all we do is, like, we basically talk in quotes. We, we find <laughs> ways of tying them into normal conversation. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So it's like, it's literally like you wait for a moment to just put one of those quotes in a sentence, you know, and get a laugh out of somebody that actually knows what you're talking about. I mean, I, Do you remember when it, we did the 35th anniversary cookout where it was just us in your backyard watching the movie? And yep. you know, we were grilling and everything like that. And you would start asking people, like, you know, burger dog, burger dog, you know. And I think everybody came up to you and said, yes, have some, as the answer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. So it's like, I, I don't have one favorite quote because to me it's like whatever is in my head at a specific time that, you know, if it fits a situation that I'm in or whatever, that's my favorite quote at that time. I, I love all the quotes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to like put a favorite, you know. But like I said, as far as favorite scenes, it'll for me it's all, I'll always have a, um, an attachment to that Stay Puft scene because it, it just for me as a kid that was very iconic, um, and that's something that's stuck with me since then. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because you know for me I think as a kid I think because they incorporated you know everyone's favorite Class Five free roaming vapor. And, you know, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man into the real Ghostbusters cartoon. You know, for, I'm two years younger than you, as you know. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me, I think the cartoon resonated with me more than the movie did. Like, I always watched the movies. And I did see Ghostbusters 2 in theaters when it originally came out. But, you know, I th so I think for me, the, the scene involving Slimer, where they first met Slimer and first caught Slimer... And then, obviously, the Stay Puffed scene. And then, you know, all those Slimer's little, you know, cameo appearances in Ghostbusters 2. I think that's what always is going to resonate to me. Yeah, I mean, I can say, like, with the second movie, some of my favorite stuff was, like, that little relationship they started to build between Lewis and Slimer. <laughs> like, the fact that they deleted out, which would have been, like, a really awesome scene of him, like, chasing him around the headquarters. With the protein um, pack. <laughs> I'll always remember when he goes to get on the bus and he's like, okay, but I hope you have your thing. <laughs> Man. That was great. Yeah, you know, and you know, talking about quotes and everything like that, I actually busted out a Ghostbusters quote today at work and I didn't even realize it until after I said it because, like, everybody was looking at me like, why did you put it like that? Um, we had a situation where we had some calls. I'm not going to mention what my normal job is, but, you know, we had a couple people that had called off. And we were worried, you know, about how the rest of the day was going to go. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're just like, you know, what can we do? And I'm just like, you know, sometimes shit happens. Someone has to deal with it. And who are you going to call? <laughs> it's funny how second nature it is. Uh, I do remember one memory of uh, just like blurting one of the lines out. It was when we were at, I think, the first Polish village trick-or-treat. Mm -hmm. uh, we were standing on the sidewalk and right next to this building it was like a three-story building and this guy comes over to us and he's like what are you guys doing and and i said something like you know somebody somebody saw a cockroach up on three <laughs> yeah i don't remember i just remember bobby like lost his shit and we were just like we were laughing our asses off because it just the way you know you know what i'm saying it just like rolls off your tongue without you even thinking it's instinctive yeah, you know, and, and it's so crazy because you, you don't think that people are going to remember some of those specific moments. Like, you know, what are you guys supposed to be, some kind of a cosmonaut? 
You know, and then of course the the direct answer to that is no, we're exterminators, and somebody saw a cockroach up on twelve. You know, it, right, it's just right. second nature, and yeah. and I think that that's probably why we watch the movies as much as we do, just so that you know, like if anybody comes at us with one of those weird moments that aren't like the more iconic scenes, we have the rebuttals, and we oh yeah, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, we. I mean, I'm pretty sure you could sit here and quote the entire movie. <laughs> Just about. You know, and, and um, have you ever read the novelizations of the, the movies? No, I haven't. <laughs> the one, and I was thinking about this because I'm working on my own little Ghostbusters fan film, and I want to definitely, you know, involve the group and put the history of, of a lot of the history of our group into it and everything. And, um,. I was just like, you know, the one thing that I realized is they don't really tell you where the three of them come from other than, you know, they worked at Columbia University in the Paranormal Studies Department. And yep. one of the things that they actually did in the book is after the uh, library scene where they encounter Eleanor Twitty for the first time, um, they sit there and they say, you know, Venkman is from, I think they said he was from the Bronx. Or somewhere, but like I think him and Ray were the only two that were from New York. But the thing that always stuck out to me was when they got to Egon. It was the scene where they're talking about him drilling a hole in his head. Mm. Um, they mentioned that Egon was actually from Cleveland. Huh. Wow. You know. Yeah, I never heard that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm just like holy Toledo. Like here we go. You know, one of my, you know, one of the people that I've always looked up to like Egon was never really my favorite favorite it's always kind of been Ray and Winston but mm. Egon is the guy that invented most of this equipment he's the one that figured out you know <clears throat> how the equipment would work and everything like that so we have a lot to thank Egon for oh for sure you know so and to hear that the smartest one out of the three original is from our hometown I'm just like yeah we get the smart one like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I know that uh, Dan Aykroyd was kind of saying that he, you know, if and when Afterlife is successful, that he kind of wants to do a prequel mm -hmm. about where the original three came up from and how they got into the paranormal and stuff. And I think that could be really neat if it's done well. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, the only thing that I would kind of take issue with is who would play, you know, the younger versions of them. But, I mean, we could, you know debate that all day and all night so mm -hmm. but no i mean i would love to see a prequel of like you know how they got involved at columbia university because obviously ray and egon were friends before the columbia thing and then peter kind of just walked into it i mean you can tell that by the relationship yeah. and everything so but dude i have had so much fun and obviously we're chatting about you know our one of our all-time favorite topics here um what do I have yeah. to do to get you back on the show to do another episode? Oh, you know me, man. Like you said, we, we're practically neighbors, so right. I'm, I guarantee I'll be back. So do I just have to show up at your house with a microphone and a laptop and be like, bro, we're recording? I mean, that would be the more suggestive way to do it. <laughs> would probably, uh, that would probably bring results. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do this again. We all work in the private sector, and we know what they expect. Results. <laughs> so, dude, thank you so much for filling in some of those gaps on this stuff. And, you know, like all of us here in this group, we could just spend days without sleep and probably quite a bit of alcohol. But that's a different story for another time. But we could just stay up all night and talk about this stuff, man. And I can't wait sure. to get you on the show again. Um, I do want to do kind of like a breakdown of the history of the entire franchise of Ghostbusters. Not our franchise, but the film franchise and yeah. subsequent, you know, sub particles that come from that. Um, so that's definitely something that I want to do. Um, but thank you, man. Thank you for uh, finally getting a chance to come and, and chat with me here. And if that's what it's going to take is me showing up at your house with a laptop and a microphone, then that's what I'll do, man. <laughs> right on man hey thanks for having me on man i'm i'm really uh glad that you're doing this i think it's great you know and i'll definitely i'm happy to be part of it again 
Absolutely, brother. Well, um, as we are famous for saying when we take pictures, I think you know where I'm going with this, right? Ready to believe you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, brother. All right. Take it easy, man. All right. Bye. All right, huge shout out to Tony Gonzalez for being able to jump on and do history of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters part two for me this week. Next week, we're going to jump into the history of the Ghostbusters franchise as a whole, starting with Funimation's Ghostbusters all the way to Afterlife that comes out in March of 2021. Until then, guys, we're ready to believe you have a week.